Welcome back, welcome back again. Newman, I'm glad we can keep this going two weeks in a row. Not going to call two weeks in a row a streak. Not yet. Uh, but excited <laughs> to talk with you again, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just, you know, sports are, this is, this is crunch time in sports for NBA and NHL. And so there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff to get to here. Yeah. The, yeah, there is. I mean, it isn't as jam packed, you know, I mean, we don't have Julio or, or Aaron Rodgers to talk about this week, but I mean, certainly there's enough to talk about outside of the NFL. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's, it's go time right now in, in the NBA and NHL um, kind of rounding um, not quite running third yet, but in between second and third as far as the uh, the playoffs. Uh, but the big news is college football playoff. I mean, I think how many years ago was it when the BCS was just sending two and then they went to four and now there's 12. I mean, this all has seemed to happen so fast. You're the numbers guy. Do you know when we stopped at two and now we're at 12? I mean, yeah, it seems like so, it'll happen within a decade. So, so it was actually 2013. The Florida State totally. Seminoles won the last BCS national championship. Uh, that was that's the, the reason you know that. That's yep. the, well, I mean, it, it's part of it. Florida State had a pretty good run during the BCS uh, when when they're actually the number the top two seeds were playing the national championship. So the first year I think that they did it was 98. Florida State played in that game. Then they won the national championship in 99. Uh, undefeated season, and then they played again in 2000, and then you know they bookended it with a, a national championship there at the end of it. So um, the BCS lasted 15 years, 98 roughly. to 2013. Yeah, so 15 or 16 seasons, seasons like depend, that. depending how it played out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's so that's interesting. So then um, that means the college football like four team playoff lasted from 2014 to 2020, so only six years. Well, I mean, we don't know when they're actually going to implement this. This is still a conversation that they're having. Uh, it hasn't been necessarily finalized, but the assumption is that they're going to move to 12 teams. So we'll see if they kick it in starting uh, this year or whatever. But at some point in time, it was it was always going to expand. We knew that it was going to expand as soon as they set it to four, uh, because let's be realistic. What is it all about? It's all about the money. And uh, so, I mean, four four teams is great, but uh, more teams is more money. So, okay, so we all know the money aspect, which is which is the leading reason why it probably will happen. Do you do you would you have liked it to stay at four eight? Do you like the twelve idea? Um, you know, how, where do you land on the amount of teams that you believe should get in? Well, it was funny because they'd always one of the reasons they'd argued against a playoff to begin with is, oh, you know, we don't want uh, kids to be out of school and missing time and all this other stuff and too many games on their body, yada, yada, yada. And then they're like, oh, well, we're just going to go from uh, four teams in the playoff to 12. So that adds an extra game for everyone, basically. Um, it, I I personally thought eight would have been a fine number. You know, you do the five uh, or the four the power five conferences all get their conference champion. And then you do three at large bids uh, this way. They're going to have, you know, the thought is that you could get a little bit more um, of some of the group of five teams or non power five teams in there. But realistically, that's not going to happen. We know it's not. Well, I mean, just look at it la- last year. I- I'm looking at what it would have been. Only Cincinnati would have been the non power five. You know, it, it would have been, I'm looking at it now. Um, it would have been Cincinnati versus Georgia. 
Texas versus Texas A&M versus Oregon, Florida versus Iowa State, Oklahoma versus my Indiana Hoosiers. Um, so, I mean, again, even with 12, there's one non-Power 5 team in there. Um, yeah, but theoretically it gives more possibility, right? So like BYU yeah. and Coastal Carolina, uh, maybe they don't play the, that game where they just randomly, you know, are shipping across the country uh, yeah. with after a few days notice and, and playing a game for BYU. And maybe one of those teams finishes undefeated. Uh, and then, you know, that they're in the conversation too. Yeah. Like uh, a UCF, UCF or, or Boise state or, or sure. We, like and we've seen, we've seen a team like, um, like, uh, Marshall and stuff like that be, be, be involved and, and have undefeated seasons as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, in concept, it'll allow that to happen, but it, in reality, we'll be lucky unless they mandate a group of five team, get one in, but also it allows Notre Dame to be like, yep, we don't need a conference anymore at all. So we're just going to continue to stay independent and do our thing and make money for hand over fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at least at least we don't have to see Notre Dame get a four seed anymore. Now they can get whooped as an eight seed. Um, so <laughs> I grew up in Notre. I grew up in Notre Dame country. I, you know, outside of Purdue and Kentucky, Notre Dame's like my third worst hated school. And, and I actually love the school. I actually like. I like Notre Dame, just the fan, the Walmart fans of like, you probably call Florida, a lot of Florida Gator fans, Walmart fans. We call Notre Dame people, Walmart fans, because I mean, nobody went there. Nobody has a family member that went there. You know, they are just Walmart fans. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the university of Florida is a public school, so there is a, a, a little bit more people that actually went there, but, uh, a lot of the, uh, the country boys tend to favor um, Florida, and a lot of them did not go there. And then uh, on the other side of that, uh, there is a joke amongst some of us. Uh, what do Florida State fans and Miami fans have in common? None of them went to Miami because Miami is <laughs> a private university. So yeah. it, it is it is quite expensive. There's, I mean, I do actually have a few friends that went to act, actually went to Miami. But for the most part, most of the people who are Miami fans did not, in fact, go to Miami. I, I weirdly had a uh, had. A, we're getting a little bit on the tangent here, but that's fine. I had a, I had a, quite a few friends either go to Miami Law School or Miami Graduate School. Um, you know, physical therapy or or, or some kind of uh, you know non doctor. So sure, it was I mean, interesting. They, they do have uh, they do have some some good programs that are you know Miami Law School and Miami uh, their medical programs are, are um, definitely. Yeah definitely quite popular um especially amongst uh the jewish community uh because miami you know all of that stuff dating back to friggin arnold rothstein and <laughs> and, and prohibition and everything like oh that, so. man you can tell it's off season because this is what we're talking about but did you watch boardwalk empire with arnold oh, dude, of course. i love that i think that's a slip on tv series honestly but all right back to the uh back to the college football playoff um so you would have liked it at eight I, I would have been I, fine with that eight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like it at 12, you know, personally, because of my school. Um, I'm curious how you would think. So IU is in the same division as Ohio State. Maybe one time in the next 20 to 25 years, they'll finish ahead of Ohio State. This allows for a second place, you know, a second Big Ten team to get in. Um, because right now, unless you go 11 and one, your best shot's a four seed in the four-team playoff. So I'm glad. I mean, again, eight, 12, it doesn't really matter to me, honestly. Um, but I love 12 because I think, you know, 
you know, you can be a second or third team in the power five and get into it. So I, I selfishly love it because before this came up, I had about a 0.1% chance of ever going or being involved in a college football playoff. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where the thing about football is any given Sunday, right? Or is the phrase, Mm -hmm. I guess in college, it's any given Saturday or in this circumstance, whatever, it doesn't matter. Just line up and play, right? We want to see it happen on the field. You haven't actually beaten me until you've beat me on the field. Uh, so there is a joke. Um, there's actually a podcast that was pretty popular a few years back called podcast ain't played nobody because it's just, that's what everyone says. They ain't played nobody. Right. Um, (laughs) but that's uh, pretty pretty creative. That's way, way more creative than anything we've come up with. Well, yeah, it was, uh, Bill Connolly and, um, Stephen Godfrey. So they're, they're two really good, uh, journalists. If you don't read them, uh, you should. Um, but anyway, so, uh, I mean, in terms of just the how many more teams are going to get in, uh, I do think we'll, the SEC probably benefits from this the most because they'll get the most teams that are in because there is an inherent bias towards SEC teams. Um, Will we see four SEC teams in a 12-team format? How many years is the real question? We will see four. <laughs> you know, um, it's, not, it's definitely going to happen. Uh, let's just think about it from last year's perspective, yeah. right? You got Miami, Georgia, Texas A&M, and Florida all of it in. Plus, or, I'm sorry, Alabama, uh, Alabama so, yeah, Florida, Texas, Georgia, Texas A&M, A&M in, Florida in, Alabama in, Clem- yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Georgia. So they, yeah. they all, all four of them would have been in based on what you, you said earlier. So, I mean, we will see plenty of that, um, I'm sure. Um, but it will also allow a team like Florida State to have an opportunity, even if Clemson is completely rolling, which, you know, we don't know how much longer that's going to last. To some degree, Clemson has had a ridiculous attri- uh, lack of attrition rate uh, that has benefited them. Also, when you have Trevor Lawrence, who's one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in a long time, uh, you're not going to do a whole lot of losing. So, but we've seen them, you know, have those seasons where they lose a game before, where it's like recently they haven't had a whole lot of seasons where they've even lost in the regular season. Oh, so, they're, Clemson's due to lose the pit again. They, it seems like they lose the pit every three or four years. So, you know, it's, right. it's well, going so, I mean, to happen. They, they lost. Um, they lost uh, Notre Dame this year, right? Uh, but yeah. Notre Dame was 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 really good, and so that actually two ACC teams technically were in the playoff this year um, in that fourteen playoff uh, because. Uh, Notre Dame was an ACC team for the season, um, even even though they're actually ACC every other sport except for uh, college football. So, right. But um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. Definitely see some more teams a little bit, you know, that aren't the the you know the Clemsons, the Bamas, the Ohio States get in there. Um, but uh, so I, I mean, it's it's probably good for parity. And uh, who, who does this hurt? Who does this? So again, we 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 both we like it. It's good for money. It's good for fans. I think it's good for the sport. Who's what's it bad for? Because I've only really heard one one reasonable argument to what it's bad. It's bad for. It's, it's bad for the upper echelon. It's bad for Alabama. They got to play an extra game. One extra yep. game is one extra opportunity to lose. Um, you got to deal with more injuries. You know, hunger and all that stuff. Uh, let's be real. It's probably Alabama still probably wins, you know, three more national championships before Nick Saban's contract ends. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to hurt some of those teams a little bit uh, because they're not going to be able to use that as a recruiting tool, right? The way that it's set up now, it is, if you're not going to Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson, Georgia, whatever, like your chances of making the playoffs are very slim. 
now that is no longer the case. Other teams are going to be able to recruit a little bit better uh, because of it. So I think that that'll, you know, maybe even out the landscape. Uh, so I think that that's the, those are the people who get hurt the most. Other than that, uh, I really don't see any losers unless yes. they do something scheduling wise in which they start saying, Hey, now we're going to have to make it more, um, like you're not allowed to play FC, FCS schools or something like that. You could have trickle down effect where the FC, FCS programs get hurt and things like that. Um, but I mean, we might see some more better uh, out of conference games too. So that could, yep. that could be a real boost for a lot of the fans. I know Florida state has a, a his, like a long slate through like 2028. We got LSU, Bama and Georgia on our schedule. So IU just did its first home and home series with Notre Dame in 2030 and 2031. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. I, I think uh, I will definitely be wake, making my way up to South Bend and acting a fool. Hell for yeah. Sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. Uh, but uh, so I, I heard this from Pat Narduzzi today. I think he's a terrible coach. If people don't know he's, he's the head coach of Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. And he said, this will hurt the Bulls and it will cause more players to sit out of the Bulls. I think that's reasonable. I think I think the Bulls have become uninteresting. I think there was way too many of them. Um, so I, I see a lot of these, you know, Potato Bowl and Red Box Bowl falling away. Um, but and, and no, you don't. You disagree here. Nope. Okay. I'll tell you why. One word. Money. Money. The reason for the bowls, right? The reason for as many bowls as we have is it is it generates money, right? Why All does in it TV. generate money for? Yep, yeah. TV money because TV needs needs the needs the bowls to be on TV on a random Tuesday. They need to be able in December. They need to be able to have a college football game so they can get eyeballs on there, right? So ESPN has to be able to broadcast it. So there's no chance that it's going to hurt the bowls in terms of them not being in existence. It may hurt the quality of play. As you mentioned, you may have some more opt-outs, but let's be real. Most of these players, if they were thinking about opting out, they really shouldn't be going to those bowl games anyway. They should be already focused on, you know, doing whatever they're going to be doing, um, whether it be entering the workforce or, you know, training for the NFL combine, et cetera, et cetera. There's no, there's nothing to be gained from those bowls at this point anyway. Um, so, I mean, you can go get a little grab bag of uh, goodies, but that's not really worth it. You're going to get plenty more when you're in the NFL. I love it. So when we when when you market this out, because I do the bare minimum for this page, um, when you market this out, can you please at part Pat Narduzzi and say I disagree with you and you're an idiot? <laughs> okay, good. I mean, good. Uh, I'll I'll leave that to you. I think. Okay, I'll do it. Um, that that's 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 funny. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the NBA. Um, I think that's that's probably the second most interesting thing going on, and some devastating player news. Um, so you want to go ahead and tell everybody the uh, the, the two big topics uh, that came out of today's news cycle. So Kawhi Leonard uh, is going to miss game five with and possibly is done for the year. The, the rumor is that he may have an ACL tear, which would be awful. And also that would kind of hurt them for next season because uh, they would ramp back up again in October. That's typically ACL injury. You have surgery and you're you're done for six months in terms of before you're actually cleared for uh, the, that type of activity. But in order to be really yourself, it really takes about two years. Um, so that that screws him for for, you know, the contract and all that other stuff. We saw um, what's his name for uh, Golden State uh, Curry's buddy, uh, Clay Thompson. 
Clay Thompson. Yeah, we saw Clay Thompson tear his ACL at the end of the season last year, and um, or whatever. Uh, it's you know, it's it, it's pretty devastating. So yeah, you, you'll miss some time because of it. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they've been pretty cryptic about it, but the the yeah. thing that I saw was no timetable for return. Right. When in, when Embiid had his meniscus tear, they said a couple days, possibly a couple weeks. So, I mean, there was at least some hopefulness put out there when when Embiid hurt his meniscus. I think this is devastating with the no timetable to return. I think he is D-U-N-N done. Uh, I mean, maybe. The, the question is, uh, do we know if it's, it's been confirmed? Does he have the MRI? What's going on with the knee? They suspect it's it's a knee injury. Uh, they see, or they suspect it's an ACL tear, but we don't actually know as of this time. Um, if it comes it comes out and it's not an ACL tear, then who knows? Maybe he could be back come the next round of the playoffs or something. He's probably not going to be able to play the rest of this series, though, and that makes it pretty tough for the Clippers to advance, in my opinion. Um, and then, no, you're saying playoff P can't put his team on his back? I mean, he's capable of it. He is not. He sucks. We covered this last time. Well, well, yeah. I mean, he, he they started playing him at point guard, and it's made a difference. Um, but no, probably not. I, I don't expect that to happen. Uh, I think that uh, they're they're too good. The, the Nuggets. So it it's not gonna. Yeah. The Jazz. Um, yeah. No. I mean, the the Jazz oh, were sorry, like, the, the Jazz. Yeah. The Jazz. Who I actually got a well, actually Newman. That normally doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I think the Jazz are probably going to win that in seven. Now I think they likely win that in six. Um, sure. and, and that impacts things um, because who else is out? Uh, uh, CP3 is now in COVID protocol. So here is the interesting thing about that. Jalen Rose also came out. I don't know if you saw this or not and said that CP3 has had a, the a vaccine. So the fact that he broke, I guess he broke COVID protocol and that's why he's being suspended or whatever, like being held out. Um, if he's been vaccinated, then he should be able to get through the protocols pretty easily. But uh, LeBron had a similar issue, which is the big controversy. And Adam Silver is like, oh, we don't care. It's LeBron. Like he can do whatever he wants, basically. <laughs> but but CB3, nope, nope. You can't be breaking that COVID protocol, CB3. Come on, man. You got to go so, win that championship you've been chasing after for all your life. So, so if Jalen Rose is right, that kind of shoots this to shit. But I actually did a little bit of research here. And players who test positive need to be in isolation for 10 to 14 days, but they can they can go back to work depending on when they got it in that 10 to 14 day window. Um, why that's important, because that this came out today. I don't know when it would kind of retrospect, but if he would be out those 10 to 14 games or 10 to 14 days, he would either miss three games or potentially four games. Um, of the Western Conference Finals. Well, well was um, it a positive test, or was it just him breaking COVID protocols? See, like I, I didn't. I didn't. Something. I did not catch. I was reading the Washington Times or the New York Times and the Washington Post. Two articles on there that didn't bring that up at all. But they were both speculating when he would return, um, and and both were kind of speculating him to return either on June 26th or June 28th which would both be game fours. Um, so he would definitely miss three games. If he would be on the later end of that, he would come back on June 28th, um, which would be game five. So um, he could miss 
up to up to five games as short as three games, depending how long this Jazz Clippers series goes. But I think that would be devastating. He's been the he's been the Suns' best player by far. Uh, I mean, let's be real. He's when it's all said and done, he might be the greatest point guard that's ever played. Um, but he certainly, I, I mean, we'll talk. We're going to talk about it later. He was second team all all NBA this year um as a point guard so i mean what'd you put i guess luca is the point guard over him or maybe steph i don't know exactly how you wrote did it in terms of the guards or if they made it a point guard thing or if it's just uh, two guards have to go but i mean everywhere he's been he's made the team instantly better um, yep you said so, that last week it's a great point uh yeah and i mean if you listen to ryan Rosillo, he's been on that train for a long time so i mean he's really good and this is really his opportunity you know this is this there's no big superstars that he really has to deal with at this point at least on the western half of the bracket uh now we'll get to the eastern half because that's shaping up to be pretty interesting but i mean this if if this in fact does keep him out through game four of the western conference then they may be in a hole at that point um, but, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily insurmountable still at that point. I don't think. So, yeah, I want, I want to take a, a, tit, a Twitter question real quick. Um, Tony Diggs put this out here today. Uh, did the jazz just cruise to the NBA finals with this news of Kawhi and CP three? I mean, um, <laughs> there, <laughs> there was a, there was a joke that, that, that uh, uh, with, uh, with all the injuries that are happening in the West or in the East, uh, that Adam Silver wants it to be a jazz bucks final. <laughs> I, I, I'd be okay with that. Honestly, I think that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I, I think, I think Tony was more asking that on probably a gambling aspect because that's, that's kind of what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's got to be a clear path right now um, with with the Kawhi and CP3 news. Um, you know, the I would not have picked the Jazz. The Jazz would have probably been my third or fourth team, despite them being the one seed. Um, I would have probably put the the Nuggets, uh, Suns, and Lakers all ahead of the Jazz before the playoffs started. Um, yeah. But now I, I think they're absolutely in the driver's seat. To Dude, get to I the think, finals. I mean, if, if we if we do get that uh, f- a healthy CP3 for all, the full series in the Western Conference Finals against the Jazz, that is that is must watch basketball. Like you yeah. got like between Donovan Mitchell and CP3 going at each other constantly. That's going to be uh, really fun to watch. Um, so hopefully we do get to see it. Uh, I mean, if not, you know, this may be the final, the year that the Jazz actually can break through. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, Gobert versus Dayton or Ayton, DeAndre yeah. Ayton is going to be two large individuals. Like that is a lot of human down low. Rudy Gobert is huge, and yeah, uh, and, and he's, he's really good defensively. He's really yeah. good defensively, but Ayton has gotten significantly better with the addition of CP3. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I mean, and I mean who, the. So the thing about Chris Paul is he he does everything, but uh, Trevor Booker is the real superstar in terms of offensive game on that team, and he's their main point guy. So um, not point guard, but like scoring points. Um, yep. So I mean, he they, they may be able to keep him afloat even if uh, CP3 does miss the first game or two, um, but hopefully that is not the case. Yeah, it's at a point there. I mean, it, it's. Un- 
again, I, I, I'm sorry I missed the, the Jalen Rose news, but if, if the New York Times and Washington Post is out, he's going to at least miss three games. That, and that means the Suns will have to steal one because you can't go down 3-0. Um, so. I, I mean, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Many have. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't work out. <laughs> just, for... makes it, just makes it a lot harder to win. It, it, it has happened. Teams have come back from 3-0. Yeah. I believe it was the Golden State Warriors Don Nelson squad. Didn't they do that? I have no idea. I don't remember. My, my NBA I, I history it, is better than my NHL history, but not I, by I believe I believe it's happened, but I, uh, I couldn't tell you exactly who it was. Um, Donnie Nelson. All right. Yeah. Well, those are those are kind of the big topics. Do you want to go Newman rapid fire um, for you know some of these other secondary topics? Sure. Um, that, uh, you, that you have lined I, out here. I think I think one more is pretty kind of interesting, and we can uh, t- discuss a little bit. Um, but uh, SV uh, Sam and Gunny was was out uh, is is out uh, for the Pelicans. Also, um, Scott Brooks is out for the Wizards. Uh, so that brings us to a total of six openings. Uh, interestingly, Teresa Weatherspoon. Have you, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, she was a WNBA player for the New York Liberty for, and won like the first three or something like that. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. She played in the first three like WNBA championships. Wasn't that when Cheryl Miller one. was just dominating? Yeah, for the Houston Comets, it was. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Actually, it was um, Cheryl Swoops. I'm sorry. Cheryl uh, Swoops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Teresa Weatherspoon is. A, she was an assistant for the Pelicans this year, uh, and so she is someone that they're interviewing for that job, which is interesting. Um, but anyway. Uh, so that brings us to six total openings, Celtics, Pelicans, Magic, Wizards, Pacers, and Trailblazers. I want you to rank them for me. Yeah, so I think the end of the rankings get way more interesting than the beginning of the rankings because, I mean, it's just between the Celtics and the Pelicans. I mean, the, the Celtics have the richer basketball tradition. Boston is a spot where it can attract, attract superstars, which is – NBA is a superstar league. So, you know, I think, I think it's the Celtics um, is, is the most Pelicans got to be number two because of Zion. I, I know there's no guarantee he stays there, um, but they still have, you know, kind of that window um, with his small salary to bring convince people to team up with him. Um, so I think it's Celtics Pel- Pelicans. Would you, would you agree with that one too? Yeah, I have no issue with that. Um, yeah, you could make a little bit of, of a debate at the Pelicans might be a little bit better just because Zion has a little bit higher ceiling, um, than like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Uh, did you see also, Jason Tatum missed out $32 million for not getting put in on an all pro team? Dude, the, the all pro team stuff is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Well, um, I saw, we'll get into that for a second, but since we were talking Celtics, Oh yeah. my God, if I, uh, Jason Tatum might break all the records next year. He's going to be so pissed off. Well, I mean, he started dropping a lot of points um, later in the season. And so, I mean, if you look at that, the actual third team, uh, all NBA, uh, Bradley Beal is on it. And that was basically all he was doing all year. So, I mean, Tatum could do that if he wanted to. I don't know how much winning they're going to do if that's the case, but uh, sometimes the bank account comes before the, before the banners, right? Tatum um, should have been over PG, but again, that's my own bias against PG. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think the third one um, has got to be the Trailblazers. If if you can somehow keep you know talk Dame into staying um, again, they have Nurkic, they have McCollum. You know they're they're probably a piece or two away from being one of the upper echelon teams. They've been in that kind of six to eight range 
with the core they got now, I think they maybe need one or two more players to enter into that next tier in the Western Conference. Um, so I think I would have them comfortably three. And then the other three are just a dumpster fire. I, I think that's way more interesting because I think all three of those places all are bad. Well, yeah, so rank them. <laughs> Man, so I've talked before how much of a, a dumpster fire uh, the Pacers are. So I, I'm, I'm going to jump to last. I think, I think the Pacers don't really have a star um, at all. Uh, so I'm going to put them last. Sabonis is their best player, right? Sabonis is their best player, and he hates it. He wants out. I mean, maybe because of a change of coach, I can convince him things are going to change. Mm-hmm. But um, he is very, very unhappy um, in in being a pacer right now. Um, I'm going to put the Magic as next, as fifth, um, simply because the Magic. there's been recent Magic teams um, that have been good. They have more of a... a, a, a basketball history and Florida's a destination, right? Much easier to convince someone to go play in Florida than to go play in Indiana, even though it is Orlando, it's still Florida. Um, and then I'm going to put DC because, you know, they got Beal, they have Westbrook. They shown that they can keep players, I guess, and attract players. Um, so, I mean, there's no history there. Um, both, I think, Beal and Westbrook could probably decide, hey, I want traded and, and leave immediately. And then the Wizards become the worst team in the league. Um, but I think there's at least Washington, D.C. can be a destination, and there's some pieces there. So, so yeah, I'm going to go Celtics, Pelicans, Trailblazers, Wizards, Magic, Pacers. Okay, so here's my argument for the Magic at three, right? <clears throat> no, have, no, 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 no. I have trailblaze. I have trailblazers. No, 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 no. Oh, you want the magic at three. You want at the magic three, at three. At three. Not so Celtics Pelicans magic at three. And here's why um, you have a top five draft pick this year. So they're guaranteed to pick in the top five. We draft. Um, we draft. Mm, the, the top, the top five is pretty good. Um, so they have, they have a top five draft pick. They have some young players, right? They have, Cole Anthony, they have uh, Jonathan Isaac, they have, um, you know, coming Coming off off a little bit of injuries. um, And they also have cap room, okay? So they can go get a good role player piece or a veteran that's going to be able to assist them. Probably not playing at the top of the market because they're not going to be able to woo any, any like superstar to come there, but they can, they can play a little bit in the secondary market. The wizards, their cap situation is awful with Westbrook and Beal tying up a ton of money. Uh, that team is not going anywhere. There's no real room to improve it with given the, what the cap looks like. And I mean, if you are a coach, yes, it's great to have Russ, Russ is not necessarily a guy that you can actually win with. He's never won. I mean, he's legitimately never won. You can't win the big one, right? So I don't want to have anything to do with that. The Trailblazers also are in a situation where they're actually a little bit tied up with the cap with Nurkic and McCollum and Dame having all that money. Also, do we even know if Dame's going to be there? Yeah. Right? So you don't know that. So, I mean, that... I think he's gone. I said it last podcast. I think he's gone. And if he is gone, then then is that... uh, Do you really have the Blazers over the magic there? I don't know that you necessarily do. Um, And then, as you mentioned, the the Pacers are kind of a dumpster fire. So I would actually take the magic third, uh, interestingly enough. Um, Fourth, I'm going to take the Blazers just because where they're at, and then I'd probably go Wizards-Pacers. 
Yeah. How sad is that? I mean, again, Indiana just hosted the NCAA tournament. I mean, the, the Pacers are one of the oldest NBA franchises and, and man, they're not going to be good for a while. They don't have any draft picks. They don't have any stars, man. I, I feel bad because I'm, I'm not really an NBA fan. I, I follow the stars more than I follow teams, but if I had to pick a team, it would be the Pacers and man, they're just a sad, a sad organization right now. Pop quiz, hot shot. Who drafted Zabonis? The Trailblazers. No, no, no. The, the the Oklahoma City Thunder. Nope. Magic. Yep. Yep. I thought so. I thought Magic did drafted he, him. Did, did he go with the Oladipo? And, yep. Him and Oladipo yeah, for yeah, yeah. Serge Ibaka. Uh, that that was a trade that did not work out for the Magic. That was a dumb trade. Yes. Uh, anyway, so uh, just a couple little announcement kind of things. Lamelo wins Rookie of the Year um, after you know having some of the injury issues and stuff, but still, I think he was well. I don't think that's really yeah. I don't think that's really arguable. Um, all NBA teams, uh, first team: Jokic, Giannis, Steph, Luca, and Kawhi. I, I have, have no any, problem with that. I don't have any real issue with those. Uh, Kawhi, you might be able to say. He kind of did sit out some, but it's really kind of hard to do that. Who would you put in over him? LeBron? I mean, theoretically, Embiid was a better player, but you'd have to really if you if you were keeping it position by position, then it's hard to do that. And no, right. LeBron sat out just as much as Kawhi did, if not more, yep. I think, right? So yep. um then uh second team, CP3, Dame, Embiid, Randall, LeBron. That that sounds fine to me. I'd put uh, Gobert over Randall, but that's minor. I mean, he had a really good year this year, and he really carried them offensively. Um, and uh, you do get a little bit of credit for playing in New York as opposed to playing uh, in Utah there. So, um, yeah. uh, And then third team, Kyrie, Beal, Gobert, Butler, and Paul George. So, but I mean... Hate him over Paul George. That third team's pretty weak in general. Uh, I mean, Kyrie sat out, had multiple stints where he was either hurt and then just away from the team. Um, but you probably got to have some, I mean, they all three of them really did. Right. Got to have somebody, uh, on that team from the nets as good as the nets are probably, um, Bradley Beal was a, you know, a candidate for leading scorer in the league. Uh, Gobert was, is an all NBA or all defensive player candidate. Uh, Jimmy Butler is, you know, um, still pretty good and, and had a decent year. And then you got your boy, Paul George. So, um, you say my boy Paul George, I might just quit this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm saying it facetiously there. Uh, anyway, Rangers hire the New York Rangers hire Gerard Gallant, who won the or took the 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 rookie the expansion uh, Vegas Golden Knights all the way to the Stanley Cup final uh, in his first year. That is his claim to fame. Um, so that's an I don't know. It's an interesting hire for the Rangers. Uh, it, that is a team that kind of is, they're stuck in the middle, if you will. Uh, they don't have a ton of great assets. They have some good players, but not many. And they don't really have a good draft slot. They're going to pick 15th this year, which we will touch on a little bit later. Derek Carr says he would quit if he gets traded. Probably. He would probably quit. Yeah, and that's okay because they have Nathan Peterman. So... <laughs> Well, I, theoretically, right? Wh- who, what would make sense for them to trade him? I, I, w- I can only see them trading him for Rodgers at this point, right? 
Vic yeah, right yeah, yeah, and, and Gruden believes he can win with any quarterback, so he's not going to actually go out and get a good one. Well, Gruden's an idiot, but also he can't <laughs> he, he can't win with any quarterback. He's proven that over and over again. Um, Brad Johnson, baby, Brad Johnson. He didn't win. <laughs> he didn't win with that team. <laughs> That's Monty Kiffin. That defense led the league. Like the reason that the Bucks won that Super Bowl is entirely on that defense. The offense was competent, yes. Um, but in my opinion, Gruden really did not do a whole lot other than maybe in the Super Bowl, give him the playbook, but, <laughs> uh, and then, so the Madden cover, uh, leaked, uh, teasing, what do we got going on here? Yeah. Yeah. So I added this topic and you're like, what the hell is going on? Um, the Madden cover, uh, kind of did a, a social media tease and it was just kind of a gray barn door on kind of like a gray day. And then you see the barn door open and goats walk out of it, Uh, specifically two goats. Um, So everyone is speculating. Again, this is a very stupid, very stupid topic, but it's interesting because there's two goats. You would have think maybe just one would have strolled out and like, oh yeah, Brady's going to be on it because he just won another Super Bowl. But there were two goats. Am I reading too much into this thinking there's going to be like a dual two people on the cover or is it going to be regionally? Um, who do you, who is the second goat Newman? Tell me who the second goat is. The, the second goat is the marketing director for EA sports because they got you all amped up over this. Touche. <laughs> that's um, the correct answer. That's, a, that's, that's, that's I don't know. Fun. Maybe they do best offensive player, best defensive player. Maybe the two goats are Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, and they're both on the same team. <laughs> there we go. That, I mean, I've talked about it. We're going to start doing um, division previews here in a, in a few weeks, and um, the Rams the Rams are winning the NFC West. So. I mean, that, that division's so tight. It's so it's really, good. It's, yeah. it's so good. Um, so – we touched on a little bit, but we'll just cover, you know, what's gone on with the NBA playoffs. Uh, Hawks Sixers are tied at two. So that will be game five. It's actually going to be tonight. Um, how's, Nets, it, how's that Nets, going? I haven't checked. Ooh, uh, 76ers up 17 at half. Uh, the Hawks wow. have came back before, so it, I'm not putting it out. But uh, who do you think ultimately wins that? If. I said Hawks just to be fun because I hate Ben Simmons and the way he plays basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think I think Sixers Bucks would be a phenomenal series. Um, but I think sadly it's going to be Nets Sixers, and the Nets are going to destroy the Sixers. So yeah, I I think the Sixers wind up winning that series. Um, the Hawks, the Hawks are young and and good. Like this is a team that can. De- has an opportunity to eventually be good, but I don't think they're ready yet. You Their know best I mean? three and D player isn't even playing. Um, yeah. DeAndre Hunter. Uh, right. So, I mean, if, if you guys don't know who that is, he Virginia, he, Virginia national championship team. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's going to be very good. He's, he's cut right from the OG Ananobi. Um, you know, he, he, so he's someone who could um, really put the clamps down on, you know, some of the nets and bucks wing players. Um, I, I would think I would think DeAndre Hunter would completely shut down Chris Middleton um, for sure um, if, he, if he was able to come back in that. Um, Hawks are a fun team, um, but I, I, I'm still taking the Nets uh, to win the come out of the um, the yeah. come out of the East. So the Nets are up three two after last night, 
And how about that performance out of Kevin Durant last night? 49 points he finished with, right? Yeah. Um, missed a free throw at the end, could have made it 50. Um, but uh, just all guts, dude. Like we talked about it last week. I, th- I think he is the best player in the NBA right now when healthy. Yep. Um, because yep. he can he can do anything. He can he's a great shooter. He can get to the hoop. He can defend at a at a really high level. He can handle the ball if he needs to. Um and I mean that's that's the guy, you know, that I that I would want right now to uh if I if I'm, you know, trying to win a win. Yeah, a, we, we were on this we all. were on this podcast last August, I think, and we were co- covering the NBA and Drew I think I don't know who else, but Drew was on the pod. That's when Anthony Davis was playing out of his mind in the NBA Finals, um, and and we all went around and said who we thought the best player was, and I said Kevin Durant. Um, so I'm going to take my Adam Dunn 200 Mendoza line hot takes average and and keep waving that in everyone's face that that I, I said a year ago that he was the best player in the world. I mean, you might have been wrong then, but he is now. So uh, the Suns swept the Nets as we are, or the Nuggets as we already covered. Oh, dude, um, no, we got to cover. We got to cover. Did you see the video of the guy punching like the hell out of the fan and just were going, Suns in four? Suns, no, no, no. I've- Suns in, he, he didn't say four. He said, Suns in four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So there's a fight that breaks out at the, at like, at the, uh, the in the arena. Um, all boy, uh, like looks at his buddy acting like, come on, man, like, let's go. Like, but he like, then he tries to pull a fast one and sneak attack. <laughs> there was a couple punches. <laughs> the guy catches him, grabs his Jersey, just starts hammering him in the face. <laughs> um, and the guy stops fighting back. He doesn't, he just like kind of starts curling up instead of even trying to like get free or like punch back or anything. His buddy starts to go in towards him and he like pushes him off with one hand and then keeps punching his boys. Like I'm gonna fuck your boy up. And then he goes, Sons and foe. <laughs> it's an unbelievable video. If you guys haven't seen it, it is fucking phenomenal. I've watched it probably a half a dozen times, and it, it's still funny every I mean, time. It's great. If you think any degenerate that's listening to us hasn't seen it, then you're true. <laughs> that's true. We are a meme page. Um, that's that's pretty funny. Uh, but it kind of it kind of dovetails a little bit off what we were co- like talking about last week about fan behavior. Um, so we might just have something like this to talk about every week. Um, it, it seems to be the trend. Um, so anyway, uh, Jazz Clippers tied. Uh, that will be you know interesting to watch, especially with what's going on with Kawhi. Kawhi. Um, even if Kawhi's healthy, what do you think the Clippers' chances are? Yeah, I, I said it about 15 minutes ago. I think the Jazz were going to win that in seven. I, I think Kawhi was going to will that to um, – they were going to will them one more win. Um, yeah, the- so let's say Kawhi doesn't play game five as he's been already ruled out. What if he comes back for game game six or game seven uh, kind of uh, as a uh, like a Willis-Reed moment? Uh, he may be able to pull one out, um, but, I mean, look at Harden. Harden was a decoy last night. Harden yeah. could barely move. I think if the injury to Kawhi is as bad as we think it is, I think he is merely a decoy. So I think it's Jazz and six, no matter. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so vague, it's hard to know. Um, yeah. Well, but, I mean, I mean, watching Harden was, I mean, I actually, <laughs> I don't like James Harden, but I give him props. Like, he probably shouldn't have played last night. Um, but, you know, he, he gives enough threat that he had to be covered, you know, so... Um, yeah, he did his job, right? 
Um, okay, so let's switch course here. Uh, touch on a little bit of NHL. Uh, the Lightning and Islanders tied 1-1. Um, first game was down to the wire. Uh, the Lightning didn't look real good. Um, but the Islanders have Barry Trotz, and they're pretty deep. They don't have really... Who's their, who's their best line? You could go one through four, and you don't know. I mean, they are an right. insanely balanced team. But they also don't have anyone with the ceiling of what the lightning have on their top two lines, in my opinion. Um, so it's going to make it tough. Uh, so so I, I think you got to do what the lightning did yesterday. To I still think Islanders in six. I've been saying Islanders in six a little bit because I took um, the plus 700 odds for that sure. to happen. Um, you know, I bet 50, I bet $50 on, on that. Yeah, bet, you, so. you convinced yourself. I get it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but so that's that's the main reason I'm sticking with that. Um, but I think the Lightning have to do what they did yesterday, and they have to get a lead. If you let the Islanders get a one goal lead, it's tough. If the Islanders get a two goal lead, I don't care who you are, they play such ugly hockey that it, it it's almost like playing being down against Virgi- Virginia in college basketball. You can't come back from that. So it, the Lightning, you're right, they have the talent to get a lead and keep a lead, but the Islanders are tough to play because it's almost virtually impossible to come back against them. So I think, I think this, this matchup actually one thing, the in, the most interesting thing to watch is in it is, um, is actually going to be one, how physical is it going to continue to be? Cause we started seeing it getting chippy and there being fights and stuff, especially if there was a fight at the end there uh, or multiple what the, fights. What the Islanders up. want. Well, yeah, um, but the Lightning used to be a team that you could do this to, right? You could come in, play bully ball with them, and, you know, beat them up a little bit, and they would kind of, you know, shrink to it. Well, not anymore. This team, you know, last year, they, they didn't do that. This year, they're not going to do that either. They've got, you know, enough physical guys that they're able to scrap it out with you if they need to. So <clears throat> the fact that this series is a little bit more scrappy, to me, in that, in my opinion, that most interesting – most interesting thing to watch is going to be the amount of penalties called uh, and if those shake out. Because if you give the Lightning a bunch of penalty chances, they're going to crush you. And yep. we saw the first game, they only had like two, I think, two penalty, two power plays. Um, whereas uh, in the second game, they had like four. So uh, if, if you give them, you know, that many power play opportunities, they're going to bury one or two um, and you're going to be chasing them. So they're, it's insane, their power play, what they have set up. Uh, when they have it set up, it, it's really tough to defend. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and then also Varmalov got hit in the head. So I don't know if we're going to see any impact of that. Uh, if they use Semenyov, whatever his name is, um, at all in that series. But um, Vassy looked pretty sharp uh, when he's sharp. It's, it's what's your, what's your prediction? I'd probably say lightning and six. Lightning and six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If um, I didn't have a bet, I would say lightning and seven. Like if you had to ask my non like biased opinion, I th- I think this sure. is going seven. I think this is going to be a fantastic series, and I would give the Lightning a nod simply because of what you said a couple minutes ago. They're the more talented team, right? Um, but because of Barry Trotz and the way they play and the way they're playing right now, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Lightning in seven is is kind of where my head so is one, going in that. One thing I picked up on that the Lightning scored multiple goals last night was with their defensemen shooting from the top of the point uh, and and just kind of allowing that 
I don't know if it's something maybe that Varmolov has an issue with when there's some some uh, some traffic in front of him uh, shooting from that far away if they're able to bury it. So I would look for more of that to occur throughout the course of this series uh, on five on five. Um, moving on to the the other series, Vegas is up one nothing on the Canadians. I think this could be a gentleman sweep or a sweep. Uh, in all honesty, gentlemen sweep. They'll win one in Canada. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going. I think this is going five, six, maybe. I don't think it'll be a sweep. Um, but yeah, this this is Vegas in five or Vegas in six. Yeah. So uh, from the most recent expansion team in Vegas, probably having a chance to play in the Stanley Cup again for the second time in their short history, to <clears throat> the brand new. Uh, expansion team that's coming for Seattle, the Kraken. Uh, they wound up with the number two overall pick in the NHL lottery, um, and we're gonna have we're gonna definitely have to talk about what what goes down with all of the expansion draft stuff. It's pretty interesting. You're gonna have to kind of confusing with protected players and then so trades the you can make. Is, and I mean, there's there's well, well yeah, the, the, the trades is where there's real possibilities to 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 do some stuff. And that's where Vegas actually did and why they're an interesting team. We're not sure what the Kraken's MO is going to be uh, in regards to how they want to, how they want to play out this draft. Um, But, you know, they're going to take one player from each team except for Vegas, which, you know, good for another win for Vegas. Right. Um, But in terms of team, what they're able to protect teams are allowed to protect either four off uh, four, four uh, offense players and four defensemen. Uh, and then you have to uh, expose one goalie or five and three. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, you're allowed to keep 10 total skaters, but only three defensemen. So you can keep seven forwards, three three defensemen and a goalie, or you can keep four and four. I expect the Lightning to probably go four and four. Um, I don't know what the other teams are going to do, though. Um, Penguins will go seven and three. They they don't have a very deep blue line, so there's yeah. um they're, they're they're an offensive finesse team that needs to build around that offensive system. So right. they'll, they'll go seven and three. Yeah, but I mean, just to round out the lottery: Sabers, Kraken, Ducks, Devils, Jackets, Red Wings, Sharks, Kings, Canucks, Senators, Blackhawks, Flames, Flyers, Stars, and then Rangers. As I alluded to earlier, have the last pick of the lottery, which is not where you want to be. You don't want to be stuck in the middle. Anytime you're talking about sports, you want to either suck so you can get good picks or you want to be really good. So you're competing for championships and they're neither of the two. Um, And then just a quick update on the MLB. They announced that they are going to initiate uh, the, the foreign substance crackdown starting on the 21st of June which will be technically the longest day of the year, as it is always, the summer solstice. Um, and the penalty is going to be 10 games for the player with pay, which kind of sounds like a vacation to me. Uh, but the teams will not be able to replace that player on their roster. So if you have a guy get suspended instead of the 26-man roster, you will have to play with 25 for the duration of that 10 games, which does hamstring your team a little bit. Yep. Uh, any thoughts on what's going on with that? I mean, you see uh, Tyler Glass now came out and he recently got injured. Uh, there's actually been a couple of players that have, that have gotten injured over the course of the last week where it looks like they're already starting to kind of prepare for or stop using some substances. 
Um, Glassnow gave a really detailed interview in regards to explaining actually two, one post game after the injury and before knowing the result of the MRIs and stuff. And then two after knowing that he does have a slight or uh, a tear, partial tear of his UCL and is going to shut down for probably at least the rest of the season, uh, regular season, maybe come back for the playoffs. But um, what are your thoughts on, all of that kind of stuff, like it's. Yeah, I, I said it last week, and, and you know, when I listen, re, when I listen to the pod, I, I came off in a little bit more of a joking mood. But I seriously, I mean, pitchers throwing strikeouts is good. People hitting home runs is good. What harm is this doing other than the quote unquote integrity of baseball? Um, you know, so. so I think I think it's ridiculous. I think it's dumb. If you if you haven't listened to Glassnow's um, second interview, I think he makes a very rational thing that like, hey, if you want us to stop this, that do it in the off season. Don't do it when we've been practicing and you know having a workout throw technique and training, yeah, yeah, and then changing you know changing it on a dime. Um, so it's just the MLB messing up again. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, it's what no was, surprise. What he is essentially contributes to uh, the main reason as to why he hurt his arm is that <clears throat> because there was a lack of grip on the baseball, he he confessed to using rosin and sunscreen as a mixture, which a lot of players do and has probably been going on since the dawn of baseball and having rosin and sunscreen. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it, it gives you a better grip. And so he said, you know, what he would do is his his goal is he's he's trying to grip the ball like an egg so that he's able to throw it. You want to be relaxed. That is better if you study any biophysics or anything like that in terms of athletics. Uh, a relaxed body is also going to, is going to be able to perform at a better level um, than being all tense. But because of the inability to grip the ball, he's had to kind of put the ball further in his palm. Uh, and then he's also uh, having to squeeze the ball a lot in order to get the kind of grip that he wants on it. Um, because he's not able to use the tackiness just because the balls are, there's not consistency with the balls and how they get rubbed up and how they get made. Um, and there's a lack of seams on the baseballs, which uh, so Doug Wechter, who covers the Rays, was talking about in high school, the seams are raised more. Um, so you're getting, uh, and then every level, right? the seams kind of get a little bit less and less. And then you get to major league baseball and it's like, they have very light seams. Well, that's normally how you grip the baseball, right? And that's how you hold uh, a baseball whenever you're trying to manipulate it to throw certain pitches. So uh, the fact that you're not able to use the seams, now you have to use some sort of tacky substance, which is where the spider tack and the rosin and the pine tar and all the other stuff. um, Most of that is okay. Uh, in general, like hitters don't even have a problem with it. They don't want the pitcher to be throwing it if he doesn't know where it's going, but where it's become an issue is now pitchers are learning to be able to use that and manipulate that to where they're generating higher spin rates, which is making the ball do things that it would not naturally be able to do. Um, if they, they weren't using some sort of foreign substance. Um, <clears throat> and so what it's done is it has driven down batting averages and balls in play, which the MLB, they think that's part of the reason why the game is becoming more boring is because there's not in-game ball in play action. Um, there's a lot of other things that they could correct, but they continue to pick the wrong one. It seems like um, so, but uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, just how about make a baseball that you can actually grip. 
Yeah, that that that, and and there's absolutely no there's no faith that the MLB will ever get anything right. Um, they are the worst league. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, just, I just mean, look at how much exciting stuff you have with the College World Series. Like I forget every year how fun the College World Series is, how much fun the Little League World Series is, and then baseball. Like MLB has just. driven all the fun, all the excitement out of baseball. It's a bad league. It's just a bad league. Um, And it it should be fun. Well, I mean, all of the leagues could make it more fun. They could make all of their leagues more fun. The NFL has started to allow more of that to occur, right? Where they started saying, oh, now you can celebrate and all this other stuff, whereas they used to penalize people for it. Uh, And, you know, Chad Johnson with all those signs, that was great, but he was getting fined every single time, right? And so it makes a guy not want to do it. Um, They used to actually, if your cleats weren't black, uh, then you you got fined by the league in Major League Baseball and in in professional football. Like, it's like you had to have specially team, like, whatever. Approved, yeah, approved, yeah. And it's like, no, why? Who fucking cares? Um, Yeah, I mean, they have it for socks. They have it for undershirts. They have it for visors. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have it for Like, listen, if they're wearing the jersey and they're wearing the pants and they're wearing the helmet, the rest of it, doesn't really matter. Nobody cares about their socks and their. It used to be the no fun league. Now it's the sort of fun league. Yeah, I mean, but baseball is the same. Um, they do some cool things in baseball. That you know, they have a players' weekend where they allow them to wear um, nicknames on the back of their jerseys instead of their names. Uh, I think that's kind of fun. Um, they do do a lot of different jersey manipulations and stuff. Uh, did you see the Rays throwback jerseys when they did the double Rays with uh, Randy Rosarena in those sweet ass glasses? I did not. Uh, that I mean, that was a pretty sharp look. So um, I mean, I just I did just watch the Pist- Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's actually very relevant for what I'm about to bring up. Um, they were they just got caught in a pickle um between first and second and the guy made it to third because nobody was covering second and then nobody failed to cover third so um that's that's the pittsburgh pirates for you everybody (laughs) and there's your pirates update from a lowly pirates fan hey at least you're gonna get a good draft pick i get they're already talking about messing it up um vanderbilt has two phenomenal pitchers and supposedly they want a center a middle infielder because the pirates so Jack Leiter, who is the son of uh, Major League pitcher Al Leiter, former Major League pitcher, and uh, Kumar Rocker are um, – and both of them, neither one of them had to go to college, but they chose to go to college. It's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for um, for pitchers to go to college, but um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're probably going to go one-two in some order. They won't go one-two because – well, they might go two because the Pirates are going to select some high school shortstop that never pans out. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> on, on that note, talk about never panning out. Um, me. Uh, <laughs> Newman, again, two weeks in a row. Let's make it three next week. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep this going. We're going to have some more more good content coming for you. We're going to, you know, we've got a pretty decent schedule of sports going on and stuff like that. Plus, we'll have updates on the playoffs and all your thoughts on that. Uh, and then we'll we'll get started on our uh, in July. We'll we'll start to breaking down our divisions before uh, the lead up to the NFL season. Can't wait! I, I want to do that now. Um, just kidding! I can wait. But uh, all right, Newman, awesome Islanders in six. <laughs> Go Bolts! See ya.